Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Idaho Bircher Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Munz. To order copies of the New American magazine, please visit thenewamerican.com or visit jbs.org. I'm reading this morning from the May 18th, 2020 issue of the New American on forced vaccinations and digital IDs. Here's what they're planning, ladies and gentlemen, a national health ID. It's under the development of international agencies along with the Gates Foundation and has been for several years. And planning for this is being done by ID2020. ID2020 is an organization supported by Accenture and the Rockefeller Foundation, the Microsoft Corporation and the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and others. Of note, is an entity named Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, whose support of ID2020 demonstrates an interest of the would-be globalist regulators trying to tie in vaccines to identification. Of course, this sounds crazy, but vaccines are always good, aren't they? I mean, some needs, they need to be able to track people who aren't vaccinated, and they naturally have to have some means of providing who you are. This can't be some worldwide conspiracy centralizing, you know, its control on every American citizen and every citizen across the globe. Could it be? I mean, that would be a conspiracy theory. Anyway, the national, the non-governmental organizations, the national and international government agencies working together to craft policies without notice being given to citizens, without mainstream media reporting and without legislative oversight. They desire two tracks of tracking and controlling. One of them is the general purpose digital ID to track each of the world's inhabitants and a vaccine-based health ID to allow the governments and NGOs to track the health of citizens. They are working to merge the pair into a single foundational ID that would be based and used to constrain and control all human activity across the globe. Of course, conditioning is the beginning of it all, right? The first step toward implementing the vaccine-based ID scheme is conditioning, getting people to be able to accept the idea for the things that government wants them to accept. Before being allowed by the government to engage in any of the activities, they must comply. This is perfect for an age of COVID-19 when the mainstream media organs and government experts have worked overtime to instill extreme levels of fear in the people, and the people are actually submitting. It has been suggested that the people will need to prove that they have gained immunity to the virus. To this end, our illustrious Anthony Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, is a key member of the Trump's administration Corona Task Force and admitted that the federal government is considering forcing citizens to be able to use coronavirus immunity cards. This is something that he believes that is being discussed and might actually have some merit, says Fauci. The idea, to no surprise to us, is that it was also floated by Bill Gates, the former head of Microsoft. He's the supporter of digital ID schemes tied to the vaccinations. Gates said in one of his Ask Me Anything uh, talks, eventually we will have some digital certificates to show who has recovered or who has tested recently When we have the vaccine, who has received it, Gates remarked. 
And the Gates Foundation, among other key players, is a decades-old effort to develop both the general-purpose digital IDs and vaccine immunity tracking. This includes funding research for the MIT for MIT on the encoding health and identity data into quantum dot-based systems that can be embedded in the skin. They've developed an approach to encode medical history on a patient using spatial distribution of biocompatible near-infrared quantum dots in the dermis. QDs are invisible to the naked eye and yet detectable when exposed to the NIR light. They're dissolvable microneedles and patterns of near-infrared light emitting microparticles into the skin. And just imagine if these can be used through the modified smartphones. The patterns of particles in the skin could serve as an on-person vaccination record, an on-person vaccination record-keeping entity. Funding was actually provided by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with the National Science Foundation and the National Cancer Institute and the National Institutes of Health here in the United States. Also, the Youth Innovation Promotion Association of the Chinese Academy for Sciences, the Chinese Scholarship Council, the Natural Science Foundation of China. Well, is anybody asking why China is, is involved in this? Why would China be involved in what a nation does to its vaccinations? Well, we can clearly see through this article that we have the same globalist players that are selling themselves as doing the global good for the world while enslaving humanity. So who's, who is the vaccine ID granddaddy? Fauci and the NIAID have a history of working with the Gates Foundation on the worldwide vaccination programs. In 2012, the World Health Organization launched a global vaccine action plan in the delivery of life-saving vaccines. The World Health Organization, the National Institute of Infectious Disease, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have decided all to save the world, and we should be forever thankful, and announced the collaboration and increased coordination across the international vaccine community and create a global vaccine action plan. The collaboration follows the January 2010 call by Bill and Melinda Gates for the next 10 years to be the decade of vaccines. The action plan will enable greater coordination across stakeholder groups, national governments, multilateral organizations, civil society, private sector, philanthropic organizations, and will identify critical policy, resource, and other gaps that must be addressed to be able to realize the life-saving potential of vaccines. Life-saving vaccines. We'll hear from Bill Gates about that in a moment. But let's look at who the leadership council is. We've got Margaret Chan, the director general of the World Health Organization, Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Health, Anthony Lake, the executive director of UNICEF, Joy Pumfani, chair of the International Advisory Committee and executive secretary for African Leaders Malaria Alliance, and Tachi Yamada, the president of the Global Health at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. How many times are we going to have to hear Bill and Melinda Gates to not be able to connect the dots on the fact that there's something nefarious here? And what does he have to gain anyway? 
if he's the one that's in control of all of this, he's, he, he becomes a controlling entity. If he happens to be the one that's funding all of these things, then he happens to be the one that ends up making the most money while controlling citizens. It's not a, a tough, it's not a big stretch to make. Among these names is Anthony Lake, who previously served as the National Security Advisor to um, President Bill Clinton. He'd been nominated by Clinton to head the Central Intelligence Agency. Now, we have to understand that the CIA is dirty. The CIA has been involved in, in things like MK Ultra, working with the Tavistock Institute to be able to try to uh, manipulate the behavior of, of the people that it can, that it can, they can, that it can affect. And it, it, it and the, um, let's see. And Lake wasn't sure if the no notorious Soviet spy Alger Hiss was even actually a spy. Also noteworthy, Margaret Chan, former longtime leader of the world health organization before taking the reins of the world health organization served as the director of public health for Hong Kong. And she came under criticism for her mishandling of the SARS outbreak that ended up killing about 300 people. But Chan was unanimously condemned by the council for what was described as a dereliction of duty. And it had a serious impact on public health, uh, which should describe, which should disqualify her from working with the world health organization. She also gained the top job after being boosted by the communist China as reported by Politico, who promoted the idea of the H1N1 swine flu pandemic would be a worldwide catastrophe. In fact, it actually proved to be much milder than that, as COVID did. Then you have the German physician and parliament Wolfgang Wodard and the World Health Organization with some um, big pharmaceutical companies that were redefining uh, the pandemic. They pushed a vaccine, mass vaccine program for the swine flu, and the vaccines proved to be dangerous. Though judged safe by the CDC, like we're told in America, the swine flu vaccination was viewed with increasing suspicion. Chan was also known for her deferential treatment of communism. She appeared politically um, particularly fond of North Korea, uh, where she basically said there was no signs of of obesity and said nutrition is an area that the government has to pay attention to, especially for pregnant and young women. Well, the thing that the media probably wouldn't tell you is the country or at least 40% of the population teeters on the verge of starvation. You're not going to have obese people in a country where people are starving. She also praised the communist dictators vaccination programs. She said that it was something which most developing countries should envy. Chan also worked with Michael Bloomberg's task force, um, Policy for Health, that resulted in an April 19th study calling for all nations to raise taxes by 50% on suggested soft drinks, alcohol, and tobacco. She's now part of the Council of Advisors for the China-based globalist organization, the Wow Forum for Asia, run by former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon and the former governor of the People's Bank of China, the communist nation's answer to the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve. These organizations' stated goals from the Global Health Forum is to advance the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Agenda 21. Agenda 21 is something that was created by the United Nations to be able to re-blueprint the entire globe, to be able to measure, monitor, and manipulate every move and every thought that you make. 
as much of a conspiracy theory as it sounds, it's absolutely real, and they're writing about it openly all the time. Take, for instance, the Global Vaccine Action Plan 2011 to 2020 summary that's available on PDF from the World Health Organization. What they also want to do is require um, to be identified micro plans at the district community levels to be reviewed and revised in order to ensure that these barriers can be overcome. The United Nations is implementing local control of its edicts. That's what it says right here. The expansion of information and technology should be leveraged to, leveraged to establish immunization registries and electronic data databases that will allow each individual's immunization status to be tracked. Timely reminders actually to be sent when immunizations are due. Wouldn't you like to be able to get a reminder by the government that says it's time for your vaccinations? I could think of nothing better. So now we're looking at the schemes for the global ID control. We want to tie the vaccination and the health data to identification documentation. We want to be able to entirely subjugate the population to the wills of the government. In a paper in 2019, um, McKinsey Global Institute, uh, let's see, uh, described how the digital ID would take place in traditional paper IDs. Extensive consultations, research collaboration partners like the Odmin, Omidyar Network and the Open Society, which is George Soros, and the Rockefeller Foundation um, said that the McKinsey Report, we also conducted in-depth discussions on the opportunities and challenges associated with the implementation of the digital ID with experts from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Center for Global Development, iSpirit, the United Nations Development Program, the World Bank's group ID4D initiative, and the World Economic Forum. This is the rogues gallery of NGOs, if there ever was one. And the Omidyar Network, for instance, thinks capitalism should be reimagined, which is a code for being managed, uh, by planners to rebalance power, shifting it from markets to the state and from businesses to uh, workers groups to undermine free market economics. They've openly said this. And of course, you've got George Soros's international, you know, masterminded from the Open Society, the chief NGO involved in the disruption of national sovereignty worldwide. While the Rockefeller Foundation has a deep, dangerous history of subversion and individual dignity and rights. He played a key role in the perpetuation of the eugenics scheme worldwide, including Nazi Germany. Edwin Black, the author of several books, even wrote about it with the eugenics movement in the Nazi Germany, pointed out that the Rockefeller Foundation helped fund the German eugenics program and even funded the program from Joseph Mengele um, that Joseph Mengele worked in before he actually went to Auschwitz. These are some of the key organizations that now want to be trusted in the creation of the world scheme for digital identification. The McKinsey reported that the good ID, the euphemism preferred by the Odmidyar network, would be authenticated digitally and could be issued by a national or local government, by a consortium of private or non-profit organizations, or by an individual entity. This is the control, that the UN control all the way down to your backyard government. Technologies used for authentication uh, McKinsey wrote, could include everything from biometric data to passwords, pins, or smart devices and security tokens. 
Building in a digital ID platform, McKinsey notes, is needed in order to reach the goals outlined by the United Nations 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, otherwise known as Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030. The same program guiding the efforts of Margaret Chan's Global Health Forum. Describing digital IDs as an opportunity, McKinsey pointed directly to the UN program World's Bodies of Sustainable Development Goals, promoting the legal identity for all, especially birth registration by 2030. Furthermore, digital ID increasing seen as a prerequisite to participate in the digital economy. Ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine just for a moment what it would be like to be able to have to prove who you are the moment you step out of your home and not be able to participate in any of the freedoms that God has granted you unless you have succumbed to your government. People provided with these new digital talismans will be able to get financing and secure jobs and purchase products and participate in democracy and so forth. But the reverse is also true. If you decide that you don't want to participate in these, you don't need any freedom. You don't need the freedom to work or to live or to purchase property or to move about freely or to trade for goods and services. As a matter of fact, you can have your whole life restricted and to eliminate all of your freedom outright. The digital ID admitting that the scheme is actually about controlling people and the behavior when you look behind the scenes. While pushing for the adoption of the digital IDs, McKinsey admits without proper controls, digital ID systems administrators with nefarious aims, whether they work for private sector firms or governments, would gain access to and control over data. History provides ugly examples. Digital IDs, if improperly designed, could be used and targeted in ways against the interest of the individuals or the groups by government or by the private sector. And the potential motivations could include financial profit, the, connection, the collection of storage or personal data, the political manipulation of the electorate, and social control of particular groups through surveillance and restriction of access using such payments as payments, travel, and other social media. One of the companies building the technological infrastructure is called the Thales Group. They're owned by the French government, and the key division of the Thales Working Group on the digital ID is a company called Gemalto, a formerly independent company that Thales acquired in 2017 for $5.4 billion. Gamalto points out that this alignment with the UN's goals in its literature on building a digital ID, and it admits that the future digital identity will be necessary for individuals to engage in activities that today don't require ID. Without a robust means of proving who you are, exercising one's basic rights, claiming entitlements, accessing a range of governmental services, and conducting many daily activities could be hampered. It should also be noted that this is not something that's coming in the distant future. The digital IDs are already here. In July 2019, Thales launched a Gamalto digital ID wallet. The, Thal the Thales wallet uh, includes identity cards, health cards, driver's licenses available to all citizens on their smartphones. Citizens will be able to prove who they are both online and in the real world and access their rights through the government and services just by the touch of a button. The solution uses a multi-layered security technique, sophisticated encryption to achieve robust protection of personal data, whilst offering users complete control over what information they choose and share with whom and when. Are you kidding me? 
The whole point of people being secure in their effects is to be able to protect themselves against the government. This whole point of this is the antithesis of, of Americanism when we allow the government to be able to allow us to access our rights. It is a trivial matter to include such database information about credit scores, consumer behavior, or more. But China's doing it. They have a social credit score. And part of China's Orwellian plans, like whether you pay your community charge on time or the system's reputational, um, using their reputational algorithm, will also factor in your choice of online friends that, you know, that person that complains about how the government is doing and how that will affect you if you happen to align your friendship with them. Be careful who you identify with. It's disturbing and it's not really going to be confined to China because the digital ID system is the perfect implementation to engage and happen everywhere, including the United States. What this actually does with this um, worldwide digital ID would offer the planet's would-be ruling class, the international deep state, if you will, an opportunity to roll out a communist China-like system for everyone offering a level of control over people never before possible or even dreamed of by tyrants in the past. One of these key international organizations working to integrate the digital ID and health ID is the World Bank through the identification for a development which is called ID4D scheme. Receiving key support from certain governments and from a pair of internationalist and subversive NGOs that are prominent throughout the movement to shackle the world's people into an ID control scheme. The work of ID4D is made possible through the support of, guess who? The World Bank Group, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the UK government, the Australian government, and the Omidyar Network. The World Bank report notes, the World Bank calls for the linkage of the health ID with existing national IDs into a resulting all-encompassing digital ID called a foundational identification. The integration between the foundational identification and the healthcare schemes has the potential not only to improve the delivery of health systems, of course, and the public management, but also to strengthen identification systems themselves. With these strong linkages and the identification and the civil registrations, incorporating the foundational systems to healthcare can strengthen and streamline these processes and create further demand for identity documents and civil registration. The World Bank reports it's, it's slyly admitted in demand for IDs will be driven by the restriction of services to those or be restricted to those that already have the ID. So they're already admitting that if you don't play their game, you're, you're not able to access your freedom. And this will be required to enroll in or access your healthcare services. Without the new ID, citizens would be prevented from accessing services. Also pointed out that the foundational identification scheme that incorporates the health ID would be useful during health emergencies. Yes, never let that crisis go to waste. But let's talk about population control for a minute. As if tracking and controlling people isn't bad enough, there may be a more sinister population control plan afoot. Speaking at a TED conference in 2010 on the subject of cutting carbon emissions to prevent global warming, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates that are talking about trying to be able to promote global health and making sure that people are healthy pointed to population control as one area of impact that could be made. Among other things, 
He singled out vaccinations as, as having a role in population control. Let me repeat that, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Gates has singled, singly, singled out vac, vaccines as having control, having a role in population control. And I quote, first, we've got population. The world today has 6.8 billion people that's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by 10 or 15%. He says that we could lower the population by 10 or 15% by these forced vaccination schemes. Now, most people may make the reasonable conclusion that vaccines making people less prone to disease and therefore healthier promote population stability, but not Bill Gates. He tied vaccinations to population control in his talk. Subsequently, Melinda Gates attempted to explain the counterintuitive philosophy on vaccinations for population control. In the couple's 2017 annual letter, she wrote, saving children's lives is the goal that's launched from our global work. It's an end in itself, but we learned it has all of these other benefits as well, like reducing the population, perhaps, Melinda? If parents believe their children will survive, and if they have the power to time and space their pregnancies, they will choose to have less children. Gates and his organization are interested in population control. Make no mistake. Their world for a decade or more on trying on tying a vaccination to identification is clearly part of this agenda. Even talking, taking a generous position on assigning Gates, the possibility that he is attempting to simply improve childhood and health reproduction reduce, to reduce poverty, poverty does not reduce or make illegitimate concerns about using vaccination and health IDs to track the world's population as such a scheme that creates a system of control for population de uh, technocrats to direct the lives of billions of people in a power grab of unimaginable proportions and consequences. And then Laura Ingram ended up talking about the fact that Bill Barr uh, said that it was a very slippery slope and that, you know, under certain circumstances, he could see how certain, um, you know, imp federal implementations might be helpful. But it is uh, it is a uh, slippery slope for sure. And you know, he said that it would almost um, it would almost certainly end up in some sort of technological and possibly injectable form. Uh, when he was relating to vaccinations, combine the future with your credit score and other social scores becoming an all-encompassing tracking and management technology for the world's population. The plans for the digital ID imposed are not schemes for the far distant future. The UN development goals motivating the construction of the ID schemes call for the implementation by 2030. Agenda 2030, the United Nations Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 is just a decade away. But already, much of the infrastructure is in place, from the Thales and Jamalto already launching digital ID wallets to the pilot projects in place. The electronic control trap is ready to spring. The technology sector is on a mission to equip everyone on the planet with a digital and online presence, wrote Gavi Vaccine Alliance. One of the biggest needs is for an affordable, secure digital identification system that can store a child's medical history and can be accessed even in places without reliable electricity. 
Now, what does the government use? The government uses two things always to be able to help promote its crisis, right? In the name of safety and for the sake of the children. So when you know those two things and you read articles like these, you can identify the fact that there is an agenda afoot because they not only use fear and to, to try to be able to um, implement their agenda, but they always talk about how great it will be for our children. The digitalized ID scheme is nothing more than a means of tracking personal activity and limiting and regulating the access of behavior. It is antithetical to a free people. What's really important to recognize is that the technocrat oligarchs and planners are not looking to emancipate people of the world and create a healthier population, but to enslave, control, and reduce that population.